Welcome to New England Taken, to KXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM Manchester, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kirstead. This sponsored segment is presented by the New Hampshire Insurance Department. The New Hampshire Insurance Department is committed to protecting the public good by ensuring a safe and competitive insurance marketplace. So when things go wrong, the New Hampshire Insurance Department is here to help. If you feel like you've been treated unfairly or have had a problem using your insurance, contact the Consumer Services Division. For assistance with your questions or complaints, you can contact them at consumerservices at ins.nh.gov. That's at consumerservices at ins.nh.gov or call 1-800-852-3416. This is a free service offered to all New Hampshire residents. So I'm continuing my monthly series with the New Hampshire Insurance Department here with Tyler Brandon, who's the Life and Health Director over at the New Hampshire Insurance Department. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. So we're going to be discussing the No Surprises Billing Act, but before we get into that, I mean, what is a Life and Health Director with the Insurance Department? What's the role? Thanks for asking. So I oversee all of the functions that operate within the what we consider sort of the life and health side of the, the house, which means all of your health insurance, as well as lifelines and uh, some of the annuities and some of the other related kind of disability or ancillary type health insurance products. But most of the time that we that we we spend working on initiatives is related to health insurance. Yeah, how did you end up in this position? Was it uh, was it through just uh, working just in the in the industry, or was it a government role, or how did you uh, end up here? And how long have you been in the role? Yeah, so I've been with the department just over fifteen years. Oh, wow. um, but actually, my background is all in healthcare financing. So worked for Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Hampshire. Also worked for Johns Hopkins Hospital and a pharmacy benefit manager, but all within sort of healthcare cost context. And uh, so since I've been here at the insurance department, I actually started as the department's healthcare statistician. But throughout the years, I've been doing a lot of legislative work, um, looking at changes to health insurance policy, health insurance laws, many of them which impact the delivery system, but all of them circle around the consumer and are largely having to do with healthcare costs. Numbers and advocacy <laughs> very much like your role. Yeah. Yes. so what is the no surprises billing act so the no surprises billing act is really a, a a law a federal law that is intended to protect largely fully insured consumers when they go for healthcare services at an in-network facility um, it actually built on a New Hampshire law that passed in 2018. The federal law is much broader. It provides additional protections for new providers in a new context. But New Hampshire passed a law in 2018 that would protect you from an out-of-network bill from an anesthesiologist or a pathologist or another provider you didn't choose when you went to an in-network hospital or surgery center. The federal law actually includes all providers and includes all providers in that sort of in-network facility It also includes an emergency setting, even if the hospital is out of network, and it includes uh, consumers or patients who are covered by what we refer to as self-insured employers. These are employers that may pay an Anthem or a large insurance company to process claims, but they are actually retaining the risk for those claims. This is an important distinction because often when states pass insurance laws, they don't apply to the members that are covered by these self-insured employers. And that has to do with ERISA and federal preemption. But um, it is a, a unique and difficult challenge to overcome at the state level. But with this new federal law, it does apply for protections for those members as well. 
Yeah, it's it's always been very confused, multiple confusing things when it comes to this. But to start off with, uh, can you explain for those that aren't necessarily informed on it, what the difference is between out of network and an in network provider? Um, as as a general consumer of health insurance, like myself, it's like I know I'm going to get charged a lot more if it's out of network. But what does it actually mean on the back end for payers? Yeah, no, this is a very important question. So when you when you get health insurance. Almost all health insurance products these days are based on a a network of providers. And being in New Hampshire, we're fortunate that most of the time, our healthcare providers, whether they be hospitals or other professionals, are considered in-network. Many states, that's not the case. You may find that half the providers are out of network and you have to be very careful about ending up in an out of network setting. But you wanna go in in network to make sure you get the most out of your benefits. Some of the most rigid types of health insurance products will give you no coverage if you went to an out-of-network provider, but every insurance product will give you a better sort of coverage and better benefit if you keep yourself in-network. Of course, the problem is you may choose an in-network facility such as a hospital, you may choose an in-network surgeon, but you may get billed by a provider that you didn't realize was out of network or even going to be part of the care. I think the classic examples of that are sort of a pathologist or an anesthesiologist, a radiology and emergency medicine, or one of the, or a couple of the other specialties that that can often happen with. And um, when we're looking at kind of that in-network coverage, one of the other advantages of going in-network is there is an agreement between the healthcare provider and the insurer. That agreement says that the provider won't bill the patient up to their charges. They will only bill the patient for regular cost sharing. That means a deductible or a co-payment or a co-insurance. But if you go out of network, there is no agreement. There is no contract like that. And that out-of-network provider can bill you up to their charges. And there's virtually no limits on how much they can charge for services. So you've got kind of that in-network component to it, but you also have the protections that come with the contract and the maximum benefits of going in-network. So this new federal law and our existing state law that's been around for a couple of years would protect you in some of those rarer circumstances where you are seeing an out-of-network provider, even though you did your due diligence and went to an in-network facility. Yeah, like the the biggest example or the easiest example, I'd say, is you go to the emergency room and you end up needing a procedure done or you need to have certain tests done that are uh, a lot of hospitals will contract with area providers to actually do like the CT machine or the MRI machine and to take care of that. So you end up getting the charge months later. So you don't even necessarily know like within the when the initial hospital goes through hospital bill goes through to your insurance or to you um, that, oh, by the way, you're going to get nailed with this other thing, too, that's out of network, at least with with the way it previously was. Right, exactly. And one of the biggest advantages of both the state and the federal law is that the patient is left out of a dispute between the insurance company and the healthcare provider. When we look at these out of network situations, almost always the disagreement is between the insurer and the healthcare provider about how much that healthcare provider is going to get paid. And that's not something a patient can weigh in on. It's usually a little bit beyond kind of their understanding of what's appropriate. And certainly they're an exposed situation because they've gone to a healthcare facility or provider and they didn't consider cost as, as much as the type of treatment they're trying to get. But um, with the state with the state and federal laws that exist, particularly the No Surprises Act, that is a level of protection that will keep the patient out of that dispute. Now, how are the providers liking this act? <laughs> Well, that's kind of a it's, a, it's a, it's a loaded question, but it's an important question. And certainly 
there are a number of providers that are involved in your, your healthcare treatment. And uh, I think from a hospital point of view, it's an advantage if the patient doesn't get a balance bill, doesn't get a surprise bill. Nobody wants to go to their favorite hospital and end up with some bill from an anesthesiologist or a pathologist they didn't expect. Most healthcare providers, your primary care provider, your orthopedist, your surgeon, those are all folks that are gonna be likely be in network, particularly if you chose them. But then there are these other providers that wouldn't necessarily benefit by joining a, a network with a health insurer because they wouldn't receive additional volume of patients. This is one of the challenges that's hard to work through. So to have a, an act put something in place and say, we're gonna protect the patient, we're gonna create a mechanism for resolving disputes, that's a win for everybody involved. I think, though, at the end of the day, the providers that have been out of network, they may be concerned they're going to be paid less because they can't balance bill the member. And for those providers, I think that there may be a, a bit of a disappointment or a bit of a, a friction area there. But I think to the extent that they get fair reimbursement, you have a third party resolving these disputes. Hopefully that will be seen as, as some level an advantage for all providers. Yeah, legislation needs to be careful when it goes through because you don't want to go too far to the extreme because it's going to make people just leave the hospital. So it's a certain amount of economics and business interactions that need to be uh, curated with these where you can't just say, oh, now you're going to, that's the issue with going to the fixed rate model, I'm assuming. This is kind of an in-between. It is. And um, it's interesting because the, the federal law has fairly specific criteria about using a median rate that the insurer typically pays. The New Hampshire law didn't go that far. What it actually said is sort of a commercially reasonable amount. And it left it up to the parties to work out what that might be. It was a priority in the state not to do rate setting. Um, rate setting has certain challenges and to the extent that healthcare continues to evolve, you wanna make sure there's the flexibility for the parties to consider what is an appropriate reimbursement rate or even whether or not an alternative payment mechanism makes more sense. But clearly once you do something like rate setting, it sets constraints on, on, on those types of changes. So it, it is nice to have kind of a dispute resolution process. It is nice that we don't upset the apple cart and we have been successful in New Hampshire in avoiding some of those disputes that the insurance department would have to resolve. And while we have a state and a federal law, this is not unusual when it comes to health insurance. What is unusual is that New Hampshire really led the country in developing a kind of a balanced billing protection, at least for those four specialties. One of the areas that it did not include was something like an assistant surgeon. Then the federal law does include assistant surgeons. It does include hospitalists. does include some of these other providers that might end up in dispute. The insurance department has asked for legislation that hopefully will pass this next session that will have us to play a continued role in protecting consumers from these additional surprise bills, but do it at the local level. The last thing anybody wants is, yeah, you got to contact the federal government to solve your problem. It's much easier to deal with at the state level, and we have a certain amount of experience. One of the other changes that we do want to make, most consumers won't see, is to align the New Hampshire methodology as much as possible with what the federal government would have otherwise done, even though your insurance department would be the one to resolve these types of disputes. Yeah, I mean, how is dispute resolution handled with these? Because there's going to be multiple parties involved, whether it's the an example would be the, the emergency room example, would be the specialist in the hospital and the payer. Yeah, so um, it comes down to the out network provider and the payer that is responsible. So um, both parties are, uh, they are prohibited from involving the patient in that dispute but they would be able to come to the insurance department through a public hearing process, say what they tried to do to resolve the dispute about the appropriate payment amount. 
And then the insurance department would weigh in and say, well, this is how we're going to resolve it. But in that scenario, it is public. It is each 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 party basically making their argument. And um, either way, the patient doesn't need to be there. They're not involved in the suit and they're protected. It's really just about resolving what is the appropriate payment level for that service and giving both parties a chance to, to, to take their to make their argument and describe the, the specific problem with their negotiations. Yeah, and we've been using a little bit of jargon. I just want to specify there's like three main uh, pillars when it comes to healthcare payments. There, there's the payer, which is the health health insurance provider or Medicare, Medicaid. There's the provider, which is the doctor, or the hospital, and such. And then there's the 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 patient, which is you in theory, if you're if you're the uh, person being discussed in this. So moving on to to the payer, I mean, what are the insurance companies like Anthem and Cigna and such thinking about this? So they wanted a solution that would protect their members from these surprise bills, but a solution that wouldn't increase what they're paying for healthcare. And uh, that goes back to the point you made about not upsetting the balance, not upsetting the negotiations, and recognizing the fact that, particularly in New Hampshire, most of these providers are in network. But if you were to create a default, that would mean a higher payment level or a lower payment level from where we are today. Well, each party is going to assess whether or not they're better or off under the dispute resolution process, which means you could actually change the negotiations and create a lot of, of turbulence in that process. I think the carriers have been insurers, and I refer to carriers, I'm talking about health insurers. They have been pretty satisfied with the New Hampshire law. It hasn't increased their costs. And I think they feel similarly about the federal law. The federal law provides much more specific methodology and how that appropriate reimbursement level is determined and since it is based on the median rate that the insurers would pay other healthcare providers that are in network, that would be seen as an advantage for the insurance carriers as well. And these the state level rates are very important, especially for New Hampshire, where in theory it's going to be a lot less expensive compared to going to like a New York City or example, I'd imagine. Yes, it, it that may be the case. There are markets where it is more expensive than in New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire does have some high costs compared to other parts of the country. Some of it has to do with competition. Some of it has to do with market dynamics. But every state has unique situations. And to have sort of a local calculation, local consideration, that makes sense both for the providers and insurers and our coverage overall in New Hampshire. Now, for patients, I mean, if if they're unsure of – uh, what's going on? Say they went to the emergency room, they got these these bills, and they're not sure whether things are on the up and up. I mean, what's your suggestion to them? Is it to is it consumer services and New Hampshire insurance, or something else? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I think any consumer that does think they may have received a surprise bill after January first, or even before, for one of the special fees I mentioned, the best place to start is with your insurance company. They're going to understand what is due to the provider. They're going to understand the reimbursement systems which are going to include CPT codes, HICPIC codes, potentially DRGs, and other terminology and sort of esoteric mechanisms that most consumers won't understand. And they may also be able to tell the consumer, yeah, if you received a bill for more than what you were due under your deductible or copay and coinsurance, that could look like a surprise bill. If the, if, the, if the patient or the consumer goes to their insurance company and they don't feel satisfied with the response, then turn to the New Hampshire Insurance Department. We have a consumer services division that receives inquiries and complaints every day, and we do take each of those very seriously. And we are able to work directly with the carrier if there's a problem on that 
information, including facilitating an external appeals process if necessary, if there's kind of a denied claim or denied situation that's inappropriate. So it's uh, as the insurance regulator, we have that local presence. We have the relationship with insurers. But I would definitely say start with your insurance company who's going to know, know the most about your benefit design, what you are expected to pay a healthcare provider. Sometimes people are just surprised that they've got a large bill, but it turns out that they've got a high deductible. And that's the reason they have to pay as much as they do for the healthcare service. Now, New Hampshire, like you said, is ahead of the game when it comes to, to their equivalent uh, legislation to the no, no Surprises Billing Act, the, the federal one. Uh, I mean, do you expect any growing pains in the state? And then also, I would imagine there's going to be growing pains across the country. Yeah, I, th- I think there will be. So um, because the, the No Surprises Act does touch on providers that have not been involved in some of the dispute resolution process or the prior balance billing legislation, those providers will need to understand what they need to do if they have a dispute, what they can or can't do. And the federal government does have a certain amount of kind of training efforts for healthcare providers across the country. Under the No Surprises Act, so I've been talking a lot about this from a privately insured point of view, which is obviously our our, our sort of regulatory role. The No Surprises Act also has protections for patients who are uninsured, and those patients are supposed to receive kind of an estimate of the costs up front. But if they are insured, um, there also is a kind of a, a small area where there's potential for consent to be balance built. The provider has to do a number of things and tell you, including tell you how much it's going to cost. But um, that is kind of a, a relatively small set of examples. We need to make sure that providers do understand when they can or can't do that. And um, if successful in New Hampshire, there will be minimal opportunity for there to be con- kind of consent to be balanced, built. And, um, and much of what I've been talking about, like I said, is for the private insured. If somebody is covered by Medicare or Medicaid, even if it is a managed care organization, the No Surprises Act and the existing New Hampshire laws don't apply. We've got about two minutes left. I mean, what do you, as someone who's been in this industry for a while and has done advocacy work, I mean, what do you predict or hope the next steps to be with further reform after this? I mean, are there next steps that you're seeing down the pike? Yeah, so I think that we, we've touched on kind of in-network hospitals. We talked about the unique situation in Hampshire where many providers, if not most, are in-network. On the No Surprises Act also protects you from air ambulances. Unfortunately, it does not provide protection if you are taken in an ambulance that is on the ground that is out of network. This was a consideration for the No Surprises Act, but in the end, they decided that that ambulance companies are often sort of town ambulance companies. There are a lot of local considerations, 911 service, and it was too complicated to include in the, the, the act. It is also not included in the New Hampshire legislation that provided balance billing protection. So this is one that's considered still a work in process. I think that uh, the No Surprises Act did create a commission to look at it. Um, it's come to the New Hampshire legislature before, but that is one that uh, there's not much you can do about it. But unfortunately, we don't have the same kind of protections in place. Hopefully, we will see something uh, in the future that provides some additional guidance in this area. Teller Brandon, Health and Life and Health Director of the New Hampshire Insurance Department. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. It- it is, this is a sponsored segment presented by the New Hampshire Insurance Department. New Hampshire Insurance Department is committed to protecting the public good by ensuring a safe and competitive insurance marketplace. So when things go wrong, New Hampshire Insurance Department is here to help. Feel like you've been treated unfairly or have had a problem using your insurance, contact the Consumer Services Division. For assistance with your questions or complaints, you can contact them at consumerservices at ins.nh.gov. That's at consumerservices at ins.nh.gov or call 1-800-852-3416. 
This is a free service offered to all New Hampshire residents. It's 1-800-852-3416. You're listening to the New England Take. I'm your host, AJ Kirstead.